0: Hey y'all, it's your girl IJ and this is Cut, and and you're you're listening listening to The Refresh. Refresh.
1: Hang out with us for a while and rejuvenate your mind through open discussions about Black mental health.
0: No subject is off limits. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the refresh i'm ij
1: and i'm cuddly
0: so we're going to get into today's huga, but before that we wanted to just start by acknowledging that may is mental health awareness month so this month is really to really intended to just educate the public more about mental health fight mental health stigmas and give it our focus on mental health in this podcast we didn't want to let this month go by without acknowledging this and bringing it to your attention and also, thought it was important to acknowledge this month, just given the mental health crisis that we are going through in this country. It is much more important now, more than ever, to make sure that we are consistently talking about our mental health and doing all that we can to treat it. So, wanted to just acknowledge that first. And now we will go ahead and jump into our huga section. So, cut. I'll pass it along to you.
1: All right. So, my huga for the week was a bit simple. It was just a very nice first day out in spring. The weather has been up and down in Atlanta since spring began. We were in the 40s until like a week ago. It was ridiculous. Like is it April or is it January? So and then you know I went to, we went to London, forgot you were there for a second. Um and it was Thank just more <laughs> <laughs> It was great to have you though. Yeah. Yeah. but you know London was just like rainy chilly and just just black so yeah it was like the first day that I went out and enjoyed the springtime when it was actually warm in Atlanta and I made a whole day of it I started out in the morning I went to what did I do in the morning oh I went to like a nice brunch at this place that I've never been before it was pretty chill it was like a little wine bar in um midtown so that was nice And then from there, I went to a museum that I've never been to, even though it's like a mile away from my house. Is it the High Museum? Oh no, not the High. I've been to the High before and it's not the Trap Museum either. It was- um... (laughs) I was not even considering (laughs) that one. (laughs) Just in case, but yeah, it was the Atlanta Contemporary Art Museum. Mm -hmm. Very chill, it's very cool actually. The way that it works is like there are these apartments in the back and I guess certain students or artists in general, if you get picked in the program, you get to like live on the grounds or just, I think it's just studio space where you can live. And then they like showcase your art for the amount of time that you're a resident. So it was really cool. And everyone there was just really nice. And it, was, it wasn't it was stuck up or stuffy. It was very just like vibrant. So, yeah, I got to see that. That was cool. And then afterwards, I went to the famous Claremont Hotel here in Atlanta, which is best known for older women strippers. (laughs) I'll just say it plainly like that. Huh? (laughs) Yes, it's the Claremont Hotel, and it's known for strippers who are, like, just to put a number on it, like 50 plus.
0: Oh, like the actual performers.
1: Yeah, like the strippers. Okay who are women are elderly women. Gotcha. What an yeah. interesting concept. Definitely didn't see the, the stripper, the older stripper ladies, but there's a rooftop at the top of the building and it was really nice. It's like turf, a bar, you have like 360 views of Atlanta. I mean, yeah, I didn't know it existed. So it was just like a really chill, nice, beautiful day.
0: All right. Spring day one coming in nicely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) our hookahs are actually extremely similar this week but my (laughs) hookah is really just like looking forward to the summertime and like that energy around it so similar to atlanta columbus's weather is awful and i always joke with jared i'm like we literally are in winter half of the year (laughs) and he always thinks i'm exaggerating but i'm like it's may and we are still having some days that are cold you know but anyways, I can see that we're moving into the like consistently warm weather. The weather was amazing this weekend. We went for a bike ride. So we finally got to get those bikes out there. And we went to this park nearby our house called Franklin Park. And there's like a conservatory there as well. So just like exciting, you know, there's more people out now. So you're just like, yes, it's finally time to like just be outside again. And we're just making travel plans for this summer. And I'm just noticing like I'm feeling excited about things again and just... Overall, just, again, that re-energized feeling. So that has just felt really, really good. It almost feels like I was a bear, like, hibernating, and it's time to come out
1: now. I mean, you kind of were a bear hibernating.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. It's like, let me throw this North Face away and, you know, like, throw this bodysuit on. Like, it's it's crazy how long the winter lasts. And honestly, another hard part about the winter is that it's just gray all of the time, like, maybe 90% of the time. So it's like, it's going to be cold and gray, like you're killing me.
1: Yeah, the only thing about it for me with the grayness that I like is that I, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. My skin just gets very muted in the winter. It almost feels like my skin's getting a break from the sun, you know, like it's eating again. And then as soon as the sun comes out, as you very well know, I turn like, three shades darker, which isn't fun for my makeup collection. <laughs> um, Shit, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. What, like, type of plans are you guys making? Any Have you, like, nailed down any cities? Nailed down a couple.
0: So first, Jenny's going to come visit here in June, so that'll be nice. And then talking about going to Houston sometime in June as well. And then the end of july we're gonna do france so that is really really exciting and august is quite wide open right now so we'll see nice. but it's just nice to like have things on the calendar and feel like they're relatively close together you know so it <laughs> won't be more than two weeks before some new event is about to happen
1: do you have like one of those paper calendars on your wall are you like xing off each day as you get <laughs> i do you not i do not
0: I do not, but I do do that mentally. <laughs> Want to share your hugo with us? Follow us on Instagram at The Refresh Show and leave us a comment letting us know where your hugo was for the week. On May 5th, 2023, the World Health Organization announced that COVID-19 was no longer a global public health emergency. After more than three years since the start of the pandemic, this decision was made based on data showing that for more than a year, the pandemic has been on a downward trend. Specifically, trends have shown increased population immunity from both vaccination and infection, as well as decreased mortality and decreased pressure on healthcare systems, which has allowed most countries around the world to return to life as we knew it before COVID-19. On today's episode, we acknowledge this major milestone by discussing our experiences during the COVID lockdown.
1: All right. So because we are going to discuss COVID today, we thought it would be best to break it down into three parts. Pre-lockdown, during lockdown, and after lockdown was lifted. So IJ, um, what were you up to at the beginning of 2020? Yes.
0: Yeah, so at the beginning of 2020, um, I was still in graduate school. It's in my last year of graduate school, actually, on my internship year. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, the internship is pretty similar to like a residency for medical students where you do a full year of like clinical training. And that's the last requirement of my doctorate. So I was living in Houston. And I remember like, at the start of 2020, just really feeling like I was enjoying my life. I was like, work isn't overwhelming. You know, there's some things here and there, but overall pretty good. I remember like, I'd met a lot of friends that joined the Houston UIU chapters I was like just getting to know more people and just feeling like more social than I had in a while and yeah I remember like the month before lockdown happened I had gone to New York so I remember I'd actually interviewed in Columbus and went to New York to just visit some friends since I was there and that that was the last trip that I took before everything shut down so I say life was pretty good pretty chill at that time what about you
1: I would say similar, except for the whole school thing. I was just like making a lot of plans. I was just looking forward to the year. I had like two concerts booked. Backstreet Boys, shout out to Shala. I was planning my birthday. I don't remember if you were coming or not, but I think it was San Francisco. And I believe a few of us had already bought tickets.
0: So I'm going to interrupt you because I find it strange that you keep forgetting that I've been a part of your trips.
1: So it wasn't that I forgot that you were a part of it. Also, it was three years ago and I'm getting old, but it was more so because you were so, you know, deep in school and busy. And I just wasn't, I didn't remember if you were available to attend that trip.
0: For our audience, I was available.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just, you know, just like any other January, just planning the year, excited for it not to be freezing anymore working. So,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember though. like, by the time I was in New York, this was probably, it was middle of February because it was the weekend that Tame Impala's last album dropped. Mm-hmm. So specific. But I remember at that time, there was definitely a lot of, like, talk about COVID and, like, you know, COVID cases in the States. Because I remember I, I flew into LaGuardia and LaGuardia was just such a hot-ass mess. I think it's a little bit better now, but <laughs> such a mess then. And I was in the Uber section just, like, waiting. And it was a complete shit show. Hundreds of people everywhere. And, you know, I wasn't overly concerned because we didn't know. But I definitely took notice. Like, it's a lot of people. We're all really close. Like, somebody's bound to sneeze or cough. And I don't know where they're coming from. And it's New York, you know. Major cities, constantly international flights in and out. So I do remember at that point being just a little wary but it definitely didn't affect my like time in New York. Like I wasn't trying to limit myself or anything. I'd say the slight concern was there. It was present.
1: Yeah. I remember I went, the last trip that I took was to New Orleans. I want to say early March I went or maybe late. I want to say it was early March and you know, me, my paranoid ads, I have been following COVID since like early January Because I was looking on, you know, my news channels or whatever. And I was seeing that it was like a disease that was probably airborne and people was just passing out on the street and shit. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere. So I took one last trip just to see my, you know, to see my parents and stuff, because I was like, it's looking like stuff's probably going to hit the fan soon. So let me just go get this trip in just in case. And then the other thing was I wanted to go to Mardi Gras and I had actually planned to go to Mardi Gras and then I canceled it because I was like, well, if this is happening and if it's already here, then that's about to be a cesspool. That was another thing I had to cancel. Dang. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras 2020. Gosh.
0: Okay, so it sounds like before lockdown we're both pretty like pretty much enjoying life. We'd obviously heard about covid by then, but we weren't like you know terrified just yet,
1: yeah, probably should have been, but you know, it's not our fault because I feel like the government should have taken more time to tell us I mean they should have told us I quicker. mean.
0: I don't even think that because people just don't listen. Like they told us a lot and gave us a lot and people just don't care because people mm. believe that they are smarter than scientists and researchers.
1: Which is wild. That, and that's what <laughs> they gave us, but we can get to that later. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so how about we pivot now into talking about what it was like during lockdown. So I guess like March 2020-ish through, I think it was like the summer, right? Summer, like fall of 2020. We were like on super duper lockdown. Couldn't go nowhere.
1: Yeah. I want to say like through June or July because it was hot. So it wasn't as bad. The numbers were like chill. And then I think we had another one, another lockdown, like winter time.
0: Mm-hmm. And also just remember like at that time, different cities were like hot spots. So like there were times where people in Like New York, you know, probably first in New York, which is like had the most severe restrictions. But I remember during lockdown when I was in Houston, like Houston was considered a hotspot that summer, but it hadn't been earlier in the pandemic. So I remember Mm -hmm. that kind of moving around a bit, too.
1: Yeah. And then there were the cities who were like immaculate and untouched. And it was like, what are y'all doing and how is this possible? (laughs)
0: Right. Exactly. But during the lockdown, I think that is when my fears definitely increased. Like, I don't ever remember feeling all consumed by the fear, but it was definitely just like, okay, my future is actually a piece of white paper now. You know, like, I just have no idea if tomorrow's gonna happen. It started feeling to me, just very movie-like. Like, I just remember feeling like I was in one of those zombie movies or those apocalypse movies. And it's yeah. like, Shit, I guess it's survival mode time, you know?
1: No, like, real talk. I had an escape plan for everything. Like, I had a. <laughs> I go remember. Bag. No, like, I had. I knew what city I would fly to out of the US if anything popped off, like, on an island. I had a go bag in my um, closet for at least a month with, like, water and, like, snacks. It was basically my airplane flight leftovers bag. You know, like Mm -hmm. little water bottles and nuts and stuff, and weapons, of course. But yeah, like when I think back to where my mindset must have been for me to feel that paranoid to do that, it's like, man, I don't think I was okay.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty like pretty deep preparation. But like you said, (laughs) I think it just speaks to that fear. And like I remember, honestly. Being more scared for my parents than for myself, because mm-hmm. it was like one, y'all are older. We're like you know, learning that, but also both of you guys have what they call them, like the second the medical conditions that you know will worsen the, worsen the experience of COVID. Mm-hmm. But also, I was just nervous that they wouldn't take it seriously, just especially my dad, you know, and not even in a like anti-vaxer way, but just like. Just being stubborn, like, no, I need to go out and do this. You know, I got to go pay this bill, even though you can do everything online. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I was just so worried for them. And it's like, please, just like, I am begging you, listen to me. Just do not go anywhere. because I felt like my mom was more like anxious about it. But my dad was still just like doing a bunch of stuff because the uh, I think at that point, it hadn't been like 100 percent for New Orleans.
1: Yeah, that I, I remember feeling that too. Just like, I don't matter. What matters is their safety. It was It's almost sickening to think about. I haven't thought about that in a while. But yeah, I was just so scared for them. And then my mom actually caught COVID. And that was just like, oh, she caught COVID after her first injection, girl. I was like, thank you, God. Because like, what would have happened if she had never had that first shot? Right. Oh, it was terrifying. It just felt like, like you said, um, your future felt like a white paper. It just felt like there was no end in sight. Like I could not see an end. Like I kept thinking of this movie. I forgot what it's called, but it's a movie with Bruce Willis, where I think it was the first time I heard the word Avatar used. Was it Avatar? I think it was Avatar. But basically, people like stayed inside in the dark on their computers. And they had, like, a pretty much, like, a Westworld version of themselves that went out and actually lived their lives for them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they just stayed at home and, like, drove the Avatar. And I remember thinking, are we going to end up like that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shoot, we still might. <laughs> I mean, right.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I remember, like, another just worry and fear of mine was, am I going to be able to graduate? hmm and again, like at that point, as I said before, just being in my last year, it's like I just have to get my clinical hours, and I'm finally done. And for those of you who know me well, know that you know grad school was just such a like huge chunk of my life. You know, just so much effort um so just very, very significant demands. So I really just felt like I was crawling to the finish line, and you know, I just couldn't believe that a global pandemic was happening. It almost just felt like a joke, and. I remember just being so sad and disappointed that I wouldn't be able to have a graduation ceremony either because that was yeah. supposed to happen, I believe. No, 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 no. My graduation ceremony is supposed to happen in January of 2021. So I remember feeling like, oh, I would be able to have a graduation. But I ultimately was not. And that was just such like one of the biggest disappointments, honestly.
1: Yeah, I remember you sending, what did they do? A virtual like video to scroll of God.
0: names so like it was just absolutely pathetic
1: <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you walk or no, no no you just took your pictures oh because you couldn't walk exactly
0: Aww, those
1: pictures were fire though
0: they were thanks jay thanks sisters <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that yeah. was definitely just a huge thing i was like i can't believe that this would happen like at this time
1: I think of people, so many people like you, right? Like there are so many people who lost an important moment in their lives that wouldn't have been lost if COVID didn't happen. Like just talking about graduation, you know, we have 12 graders who are supposed to graduate high school. We have people who are supposed to graduate college, even freshmen in high school, freshmen in college, you know, like that important year that was so memorable for all of us that everyone got no one had that taken away from them unless they like opted out or their parents opted out. But all these people just weren't able Could you imagine not being able to have a freshman year in college? No. I really can't.
0: And honestly I used to go back and forth like I don't know what's worse, being a freshman or being a senior and having that happen. Like I think they're just really suck for for all, you know. Yeah. Just such important Years, but I think during lockdown is when we also started to just hear more about the mental health aspect of COVID. Because I think at first, you know, obviously was all focused on the medical stuff and what it does to our bodies and symptoms and all of that. But I think during lockdown is when a lot more of the mental health pieces started to become apparent because we were just so isolated, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, for those of us who, you know, may have had a boo or like a partner, it's like that felt like a blessing at those times, honestly.
1: It did. It really did.
0: <laughs> Truly, because when I actually think about what it would have been like to have spent more than a what it was like six months maybe total by myself. Like I would have just gone insane.
1: Yeah. Definitely was thankful for having someone there. I don't know how and even having someone there, I felt isolated. It was like this is my like family, best friend group, restaurant, television show. Like, you know what I mean? Like this person is everything right now. And when you did get those moments six months in to see other people, it was like one, you look like the second coming right now because mm-hmm. I need to see other people. But at the same time too, are you going to give me COVID? I'm terrified.
0: Right. I remember that part as well too. And I felt like that was a huge thing, like more like after lockdown ended, but just kind of having almost like anxiety about it. Like, are you vaccinated or not? Because if you're not, I'm not hanging out with you and I'm not seeing you and you're not allowed in my home, <laughs> you know? And that really started to become almost like a like a determining factor of like whether I'm going to show with you or not. And honestly, it makes you look at friends like a little bit differently too based on how they viewed the like vaccine and social distancing and like all of those measures
1: girls still make me look at friends different and i don't know if i still call any of them friends honestly but i mean i don't want to judge nobody on here but you know it was like oh you an anti-vaxxer we'll revisit that later <laughs> later meaning never <laughs> yeah, where i'm never speaking to you again <laughs> But teachers own of course. Everyone's yeah. entitled to their own opinion. But also, um, one thing I think about when I think about lockdown, you know you said that the mental health aspect and how it just like changed people's behavior and how they felt. I think that was a big factor with the pro you remember all those protests that was going on? It was like every day something's on fire. I mean, I get that all the protests were for an excellent reason, or most of them, but just to see that many people with so much anger in them out in the streets with no mask on, even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, it just freaked me out. I was so paranoid, especially living in Atlanta, because a lot of the protests here were like a mile and a half away from my house. Goodness.
0: Wait, are we talking about the like Black Lives Matter protests or are we talking about vaccine protests? I think all of that was going on around
1: then. Oh, definitely Black Lives Matter. I feel okay. like, who was protesting the vaccines? Who do you think? I mean, <laughs> are we worried about them? I was, I'm was. i not worried about those people. <laughs> <laughs> Had to clarify. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the Black Lives Matters protests, which is just, just, there was just so much going on, just so many businesses being burned, so many like police being pushed out to these locations to like, taze people and i mean shoot at them spray at them throw what of those rubber bullets like and i was just watching it girl like i would be on twitter watching live streams just shaking in bed like i could not sleep it was wild
0: yeah that was just such a tough time and mm-hmm. sometimes it's honestly hard to remember like details of it like i feel like i just remember it in like how i felt you know but actual day to day. I'm like, I don't know. I will say one other thing during COVID that was tough was like moving. So I literally moved from a hotspot city to a city where numbers were very quickly on the rise. (laughs) So it was just like, great. And, you know, I moved here to start a new job. And, you know, you really just learn how much you miss at a job when you are working fully from home. And again, up until this point, that was a new concept for me. So it was like, I'm not meeting any of my coworkers, my own boss. I'm trying to get to know my team over like Microsoft Teams meetings. Mm -hmm. I'm not even meeting my like the other fellows. It was just such a strange time to start a job and you just don't get any sense of true job culture. And like, I almost just felt like, like, I just felt like I just, I did not belong in that job. It was like, I'm here, I'm doing the task, but I do not feel like I'm an actual part of this just yet. And that was just really tough, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I enjoyed working from home, but it's like I can't even meet my patients, you know?
1: Yeah. Did you feel like that up until recently when you guys, you know, started going back in a, a few days?
0: Um, So yeah, we've been going back in for, I'd say over a year at this point now. Cause like they started, like, I think they started us going one day a week and then it became two days a week and now the requirement is three days a week. So they slowly over time built that back up and I was able to just get to know certain people better and get closer to certain people on my team. And it's like, I don't know, I think it depends on the nature of your work, but like there are some in-person aspects that are just so necessary, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially in your field, I could definitely see that. Exactly.
0: But I will say the one good thing about like during the pandemic is, you know, meeting Jared, obviously, like I met him very quickly after moving here as well. So it was just so nice to, you know, have him as like kind of like that positive, like shining light that I remember about COVID and lockdown.
1: Shout out, (laughs) (laughs) Bay. Hey, boo. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my um, relationship situation didn't go quite the same, as you know. It was more so like a COVID pillow. But one good thing that did come out of COVID for me was Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> my ex kind of like put motivated me to get Bernie. And I was really on the fence about getting a dog for years. And he was just, you know, it was a good time to get a dog because all of the breeders I, I tried to I tried to rescue a dog just so everyone knows I tried to rescue a dog all the rescues around me in Atlanta were not picking up their phones and they were just like they had no staff because of the lockdown so I ended up finding a breeder and you know it was just super lucky because I guess all the pet stores weren't taking dogs anymore from breeders um because they were shut down and so I got him for a pretty nice deal also oh so. <laughs>
0: Yes, Bernie is definitely a positive. He's so cute. And he's just changed so so much.
1: his little face. I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, sometimes I look at Bernie and I'm like, this is a teddy bear that's come to life. Like, (laughs) look at his face.
0: Pretty much. That's how I think about him. (laughs) So what would you say, like, after lockdown, like when things started being lifted, you know, there was a lot of social distancing, mass requirements for places and I feel like, you know, the vaccine became more prominent. So like what was your experience like then?
1: After the lockdown was lifted, I would say I had a lot of fear and reluctance. For instance, the reluctance was like is it okay for me to leave my house? Like it took me a while to get out of the mindset of being in lockdown. Like One day I really was like sitting on the couch watching TV and I was like, girl, you, the only thing you do is go to the grocery store and come home and get gas and come home. Like you don't do anything else. And people have been outside for at least a month. So that was when I realized how reluctant I was being. And the fear was just like, I would have moments where I would be ready to fight someone if they weren't masked around me,
0: you know, (laughs) or I would
1: just leave. Like if I was standing in line at a gas station and there was like a crazy looking person behind me cough, like hacking his lungs out. Like I actually walked out of the gas station before and went to another store.
0: Oh yeah. I definitely gave people dirty looks when they were coughing out in public, coughing,
1: sneezing and honestly, all bodily functions. (laughs) And also, like, if you maybe had a little tickle in your throat and needed to cough and puff. Right,
0: girl, <laughs> I would hold that thing on my life. I was like, I will pass the fuck out before I cough in this
1: grocery store. <laughs> and then when you did cough, girl, people would stare. And it's like, look, I promise I'm good. <laughs> it's
0: like, I'm begging you. Please don't kill me. I'm healthy. <laughs>
1: But no, girl,
0: that became like so serious. It was like, I'm not playing. And it was like six feet, you know, like not five and a half back up. Like y'all need to follow these social distancing rules. But I also remember just being like hesitant. Like I definitely was not one of those people who, you know, the second they said we could go, I was like, no, I'm gonna wait this out a little bit. Let me see how y'all handle it. You know, let me see how it goes. And then I will dip my pinky toe back out. But I will say one thing that I remember was I I was able to get the vaccine like in that first batch because I work in a mm-hmm. hospital. So I got my vaccine at the end of 2020. And I remember it was actually December 31st. So it was New Year's Eve and I remember just feeling so symbolic, you know, like, OK, oh. getting this vaccine like here we go into 2021, like got to be healthy out here. Even with the vaccine as early as I had it, I still just was not wanting to be out there like that. I was like, necessities only.
1: I was so happy when y'all got the vaccine. Not you in particular, but just all the first rounders. Because I was like, okay, if everyone's going to turn into zombies, like I am legend. Hopefully it happens before it gets to my turn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here we are, guys. Not
1: zombies. (laughs) We're all good and we're all vaxxed. The other thing that I think about when I think about like right when lockdown ended was the fact that I did the most. When I was finally out the house and like able to do things and live life, I did a lot. I think a lot of us did a lot, but yeah, I bought a lot of clothes. I went to a ton of restaurants, had a bunch of cocktails, planned a bunch of trips. Like I just spent a lot of money when lockdown ended.
0: Yeah, makes sense. You know, it was like multiple months of not spending anything, really. Not even Mm -hmm. like dressing up for real, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I probably wore sweatpants, honestly, through 90% of it. But yeah, I don't don't remember like when I got 100% comfortable with like being outside for real. Like I would say it might have been summer, like fall of 2021 or so. But I just recall us just being very like selective about who we were seeing. I remember doing a lot of like outdoor hangouts with people. It's like eating dinners in people's backyards or like meeting up at like public spaces and parks and things like that. I feel like that was the most that I was comfortable with for a while until more and more people had access to the vaccine. I think that actually was probably what helped me just feel more comfortable.
1: Yeah, because for so long it was it was just you and this small group of people who probably worked together who had the vaccine, and the rest of us were just like, not it.
0: Right, exactly. And I think another, just kind of bringing it back to the mental health piece, you know, one thing that was coming out after lockdown was lifted was just just higher levels of like social anxiety. You know, because we went such a long stretch of time isolated you know, not seeing people as much. And again, just making so many adaptations to our work that don't even require us to be around people if we don't want to. So I I remember there just being much higher rates of like social anxiety amongst children and adults. And I know that at least among children and teens right now, that is still a really huge piece, like just not knowing how to interact socially, you know, because so much of those developmental years were spent, at home
1: Hmm. I never thought about that like those sleepover years and those birthday party years
0: yeah and it's even like teenagers you know, like prom I'm missing prom I'm missing the parties all the like monumental events of being a senior so a lot of kids just kind of lost that skill unfortunately and are trying to rebuild that
1: It kind of reminds me of um, Katrina a little bit, how, you know, in New Orleans, we frame things pre-Katrina and after Katrina. And I feel like that's how I think of COVID now. It's like before COVID, all sunshiny and bluebirds singing. And then after COVID, it's like picking up the pieces and figuring shit out.
0: Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And I think you're right. We will just start to really view life as, you know, pre-COVID and post-COVID. So we're at our tips and takeaways section next. And my takeaway for this week is to just really reflect on the fact that we made it through a global pandemic. You know, even if it doesn't really feel like it, it is a huge deal and a huge blessing. You know, as we know, not everyone has made it out of it. But I think there's a lot of just negatives and a lot of pain that is, you know, rightfully associated with COVID. But I think it's also important to just acknowledge, you know, this one positive aspect as well that we, you know, it's behind us. This is not something that's going to affect our lives, you know, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, there are a lot of just positive mental health benefits um, in terms of practicing gratitude, you know, really focusing on what are some things in your life that you are thankful for um, or or that you do appreciate. So that will be my takeaway for this week, challenging you guys to just reflect on this one aspect of the pandemic as well.
1: Yes, yes, beautiful. Uh, Mine is going to kind of piggyback onto yours. And my tip is just not to put things off. You know, I have this way about me where I'll be like, you know, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it the next day or the day after that, or next month, next year, whatever. But, you know, I hate to be bleak and, you know, dark, but tomorrow isn't really promised. And anything can happen tomorrow. You know, you can pop open CNN and find out that there's a global pandemic uh, rushing your way. So, yeah, my tip is to not put things off and to live in the moment as much as you can and to just like cherish today. And to you know, YOLO, like that <laughs> YOLO 2013 Drake saying that was you know kind of important to life for I me. Mean, but yeah, just you know, take a chance today, do something fun today, uh, take a risk today, spend that money today. You know, don't don't always if you got it. <laughs> if you got it, don't do too much. We gotta save; it's very important. But yeah, just live for the day as much as you can. Give our tips a try and let us know how it works for you. Follow us on IG at The Refresh Show and send us a message. All right, everyone. So we are going to wrap up this episode of The Refresh. This will actually be the last episode of our season, our inaugural season. And we're going to see y'all when we see y'all. So until next time.
0: Yes. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our season one. And we really, really hope that you will join us again for season two. We very much appreciate all of you guys who have listened to every single one of our episodes. And we had a lot of fun this season. So looking forward to season 2 Woo-hoo.